0: What's going on there youth pastors? Paul Turner here from the discipleproject.net and your host of the Youth Ministry Motion podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. How are you today? That's right, if you've heard a little something a little different at the beginning there, got some new uh, some new music playing in the background. I like to change things up from time to time, give you guys something new to listen to, not always be static, but stay fluid if I can. But I hope you're having a great week. It's getting a little warmer around here springtime is almost upon us. Camp will be here before you know it. And uh, I'm all for it, man. I'm excited about some things that we have coming up in our youth ministry. I'm going to take my kids to a rage room. Have you ever heard of a rage room? A rage room is where you basically go in and you pay money and they give you a room to destroy. That's right. They give you a room to just simply destroy. They they pad you up. They uh, give you your weapons of choice, <laughs> be it a bat or a golf club or whatever they choose and you go in there and you just uh you just smash things you know kind of uh, whether it's for stress relief or you know whatever it may be for maybe just for fun but I'm looking forward to that I'm also looking forward to our students leading our Wednesday night service or adult service so we're going to get busy on that come April end of April we're going to be doing that so That'll be the first time students will be really getting in front of the congregation and sharing with them. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. And I hope you have big plans as well. I hope uh, I hope your youth ministry is going well. I hope that you have plans in the DACA that you're excited about. And if you're brand new here to the podcast, well, welcome in. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part today. And uh, if you're a regular, as always, I appreciate you. I always save you a seat every week here at the podcast table so that you can sit and listen and enjoy relax run you know whatever you're doing right now to listen to the podcast i hope you're enjoying it and remember if you do enjoy the podcast whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener but have not subscribed yet be sure to hit that subscribe button and you will get this in your inbox on a weekly basis all right let's check the motion metrics and see who's listening to the podcast uh, top person of the week mild genius my uh, friend from instagram she's been listening lately. So thank you, mild genius. Some places, uh, San, uh, San Angelo, Tallahassee and West Blockton. Now West Blockton is significant because that is kind of where my, my church is located in, uh, Woodstock, but a lot of our students live around the West Blockton area. And they recently found out that, uh, I have a podcast and so they may be listening. So shout out to, uh, Lizzie Taylor and, uh, maybe Avery. Who was there this past Wednesday? Who found out I had one, and maybe they're listening. So I guess I got to behave myself. They threatened to take away my social media. Uh, if I wasn't careful. so uh, I need to be careful with my words. So now they get to hear what I do with the rest of my week, which is encourage youth workers just like you. Uh, countries, I'm going to give a shout out to not only the top three, not the top three, US, Singapore, India, but just to give you a view of who's listening from around the world, we have listeners from also from the UK, Germany, Australia, Belgium, Canada and Spain. So thank you so much for doing youth ministry wherever you are in the world. I hope you're seeing God move mightily right where you are and you're seeing young people come to Christ. And this podcast is helping you uh, be encouraged, giving you fresh ideas, helping you with planning ideas, whatever it is. I hope that, uh, I hope I'm accomplishing what I set out to do, which is just keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Today, I want to talk to you about a checklist for discipleship for youth pastors. And you say, uh, Paul, do we need a checklist? Well, maybe you do. I I know in my mind, there are certain boxes that I want checked that when a student comes to Christ, uh, I don't want to miss anything in the process. And this process may take time. It's going to take, you know, three months or six months or a year. It doesn't get all done at the same time, but the checklist is there over the span of a student that comes to my youth group. There are certain things that I'd like for them to accomplish, things I'd like them to be involved in. Um, certain processes I want them to go through because I know it's going to add to their growth. It's going to add to their their maturity in Christ. But before I start to break all that down, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the Disciple Project store. That's my little store that uh, I put resources up in. And if you're still looking for Easter resources, I have an Easter bundle that you can find. There'll be a link down in the show notes there. It has all kinds of prayer stations. It has uh, responsive readings. It has uh, sermons. It has all kinds of good stuff in there that if you're still looking for those last minute resources to help you to kind of put the the dot the I's and cross the T's Uh, to your Easter, then I think there are going to be some resources in there that you might need. Also, I have a brand new two week series called how to keep revival alive. Yes, there is revival happening all over our country, all over the United States, uh, maybe right there in your community, maybe right there in your church or your youth ministry. And the question is, well, how do you keep it alive? And I put together a two part session that has illustrations. It has slides. It has uh, discussion questions all those things, which would be really good to teach before camp this summer. If you can do two weeks before summer and say, Hey, look, guys, we know that you're going to experience camp. You're going to experience God in a powerful way at camp. Here's the question. How are you going to prepare to keep those fires burning? And this two week series uh, will equip you to equip them uh, to decide, listen, there's two ways I can do this. I can either throw water, on this fire that that god has put in my heart or i can throw gas on it if you want more information on the two-part series i'll put a link down in the show notes as well and remember everything you purchase whether you purchase whatever it is i'm talking about right now or you purchase something else it is your way of saying paul we appreciate you we appreciate your podcast we appreciate you equipping us training us encouraging us and uh, when you purchase something that is your way of saying hey We support what you do, Paul. Continue to do this, continue to support and encourage youth workers just like me. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into our checklist. Like I said, I've been reading a book uh, called The Checklist Manifesto by Atul Gawande. And he shares several disciplines that use checklists to accomplish major and minor tasks such as construction companies, restaurants, and hospitals. And this got me thinking, should there be a checklist For youth pastors when it comes to discipleship. Now, you may think that more important jobs than youth pastor require checklists like airline pilots or school bus drivers, but I would ask you why isn't the discipleship process important enough to have a checklist? If we want to see students become lifetime followers of Jesus, don't we want to take every measure possible to see that that's accomplished? There may be some of you who think a checklist is antithetical to the work of the Spirit, that if someone received Christ, well, things will just happen. Well, I would ask you, did that happen for you or did somebody guide you through a process of maturity? The checklist is not a substitute for the Spirit, but a tool of the Spirit that will remind you that there is a process, just like there's a process to creation, there's a process to maturity in Christ. So here is my version of a discipleship checklist. And you can feel free to go ahead and steal it, edit it to your liking, write these down. I'll put a link to the actual article if you want down in the show notes there. And uh, like I said, this this checklist takes time. It's not all going to happen all at once within a week. Some Some should happen within a week. Some are just going to take, you know, three months, six months, a year, three years, whatever it is. But you keep this checklist in mind for the students you have whenever they're ready to jump into that. Okay. All right. So the first thing is pray with them and for them. Once a student receives Christ, our work has just begun. We ought to pray with and for that student as often as possible, knowing that the enemy seeks to steal or crowd out that seed of the gospel. Set reminders on your phone, put sticky notes up, whatever method works for you, put that student's name before you as a reminder to pray. Be like the apostle Paul who says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, Ephesians 1.16. And when you have time at youth group and you have altar time, be sure to seek out those students who have received Christ. uh, And you say, hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray for your journey? Can I pray for wherever you're at? Do you have any prayer requests? And just cover them in a, in a, just an abundance of prayer. Uh, so that they know, first of all, that God is going to work in their life, but also that you stand ready to help and assist them in whatever way possible. Next on the checklist is connect them to a mature believer, yourself or someone else. You may or may not be the best person to disciple this new believer in Christ. If the person who has received Christ is female and you are a male youth worker, you should seek to find a female leader in your group uh, or in your church to connect that student with. Likewise, if you are a female youth worker, you should find a male leader to connect that student with if that student is a male. And listen, the best people to disciple students are their parents if their parents are believers. And if their parents are not believers, then connect them with mature believers within your church. Part of connecting new believers involves next steps like baptism, which lets the church know publicly that this new believer is choosing to be a part of the body of Christ. Connection and accountability go hand in hand, and both the church and the new believer have to do their part. The third thing on my checklist is place them in community. Do you have a deeper community beyond youth group to place them in? Do you have a group of two to three students who are eager to learn and grow in their faith that you could schedule a once a month breakfast with, uh, with them to share God's word with them? Do you have a small group or a Sunday school class you can invite them to? If you are not the leader of the small group or the class, that is a benefit because that really adds one more person to that student's spiritual growth team. Next is follow up with them often. It's easy to get busy and forgetful of new believers. To assume that God is going to do all the heavy lifting is the wrong attitude. Even if you connect them with another believer, you should still follow up once in a while to see how they are progressing in their faith. Text them, message them over the course of a few weeks, asking if they have any questions or prayer requests. This will help you pray for them more effectively. Follow up shows you care and they are not just one of 10 or 20 or 100. They are one of one. Encourage them to serve. Is the student aware that there are opportunities available to them to use their gifts and talents? Students learn best when they serve. Asking students to serve is normal and there is no task that you do that they, with a little bit of training, cannot do also, including speaking. You've probably heard me mention this before, but I've had students that have certain skills and talents that don't traditionally fit into some youth group format per se whether that's stacking chairs or sweeping the floor which are all good there are people who that needs to be done and they're, it's a great starting point for some students but i've had students who are really good at writing and and poetry and rapping and uh, have other gifts and talents and i find ways to bring them in uh, to use their ability they don't have to be you know uh, the apostle paul here they they're just students who have a certain skill set that uh that I want to be able to use at a very basic level. It's not to elevate them into saying, here they are, the the new believer, the paragon of all spirituality. Uh, I, I just am giving them a place to use that gift that will inspire them to say, look, maybe I have something to offer the body of Christ. And uh, and that's my goal in doing that. If you have openings for them in, in certain basic things that they can do, well, find a way to plug them in. And if you have to create room or create opportunities for them, we'll go ahead and do that as well. Ask them to share their story. A student's testimony is a powerful thing. First, because they hear the words coming out of their own mouth. They get to be bold and share their story to their peers. No matter how short it is, it, a testimony is a wonderful thing. And sharing testimony in youth or church can be a watershed moment for them. The second reason you should ask them to testify is to inspire their peers. Students hearing about God moving in one of their friends may embolden them to do the same. And the third reason you should ask a student to testify is so that they can understand their own salvation. Students have to think about their experience and discern between an emotional commitment from genuine faith. This is not to say that emotions are bad, just that testifying puts the emphasis on faith not emotion. Next on the checklist is feed them resources to help them grow, whether that's books or Bible studies or websites or who to follow on social. Understandably, it seems archaic to students to read something to gain information when they can just Google it, but there is value in information if you say, let's walk through this together. You cannot expect students to know what's next. You have to show them what's next and invite them to be accountable to build their faith through whatever resource you offer them, physical or digital. I have a series of soap studies that I try to use that I will give to students if they're willing to do them. uh, And I'll put a link down to that below. But if they're not the studious kind, well, then go ahead and just feed them links to channels like the Bible Project or, uh, or YouTube channels that you think are good for spiritual growth and take time to discuss it with them. Invite them on a mission trip, local or foreign. I believe the time between believing and doing should be as short as possible. If a student believes they have to gain a ton of knowledge or reach a certain level to do anything for God, they're going to get bored fast. It doesn't matter if it's serving across the world or across the street. Invite new believers to put their faith to work and stretch their faith to trust God. Mission trips, foreign and local, expand not only the student's mind, but their heart, giving God the opportunity to use them beyond a classroom setting. Next on the checklist is warn them of the pitfalls of faith and show them the grace of God. You see, this kind of conversation should be started with curiosity. In other words, asking questions like, what do you think your biggest obstacle is to living out your faith? Or is there a temptation you need to be more aware of than others? You're not asking this to be nosy. You're asking to see if the new believer is self-aware enough of the challenge ahead of them. And if they are aware, congratulate them and empower them to push through and not judge themselves too harshly when they feel like they failed themselves or God. Continually offer them grace as you would with a baby taking their first steps. They have to learn how to walk before they can run. Challenge them to share their faith with someone. Testifying in church is one thing. Sharing with your friends who do not know Christ is another When I got saved, I got really saved. Like I told all my friends, you go into hell kind of saved. And I think we've all known new believers who get really fired up right at the very beginning. They are just peaking. They are just going for it. And what we can do to help those new believers, simply encourage them to share their faith, share their story with them, and to help them, you know, reel them back in if they're they're all zeal and no love. You know, that's how we help them. We help them grow. And the last thing on the checklist is train them to lead if they have the potential and the gifting to do. So if you have a leadership team uh, and after that new believing student matures a little bit, consider inviting them to sit in on a meeting and get their impressions, ask them their thoughts on what they think it means to be a leader. And if they think they would make a good leader and why. In doing this, you are opening up the youth ministry multiverse in a way. In other words, church is not just about attendance and about how much of the Bible you know. It's about making a difference. You don't have to be a leader to serve, but all leaders serve. Define what kind of Christian you want graduating from your youth ministry and move that student through as many milestones as their maturity will allow. So this is my checklist, uh, but feel free to add or subtract as you see fit. My encouragement is write down each student's name and walk through the checklist yourself. Ask yourself some key questions. Have I been skipping steps? Have all the opportunities that I have available been afforded to new believers? Where did I assume that students would take the next step but didn't? And who do I need to go back to and re-energize their faith with a new challenge? And listen, we have all missed a step, or a kid has bailed on the process, so don't beat yourself up. But if a checklist can help a surgeon or a pilot or a chef diminish mistakes and achieve peak performance, then a discipleship checklist should help you lead many more students to a lifetime commitment following Jesus. And that is it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Appreciate your time and attention. If you'd like to join the conversation, I'll put a link down below to our discord. where We can discuss uh, this episode or any of the episodes in the podcast. And you can also make recommendations for future topics. And don't forget, if nobody has told you lately that you are doing a good job, well, let me tell you, you're doing a good job and you're just going to get better at it. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.